Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Thank you. 
Yes, good evening, good evening. Welcome to Blessed Vargas Radio. Tonight is Learn Islam Thursday, and we are back in the studio tonight again for another Learner's Lounge Thursday. Today is June the 30th, 2022. We are already halfway through this year. Wow, time has flown by. Are we so elated that you would be here with us in the studio tonight? Those of you on Radio Line, we thank you. Follow the podcasting websites that share our show, that push our show, and allow others to know who we are. We thank you. If you watch us, our lives on Sunday, on Blessings by Grace Radio Facebook page or YouTube. We say thank you when you catch us on StreamYard. We also say thank you, thank you, and thank you again. We just truly appreciate you and you being here with us. You inspire us to continue on. But before we give thanks to you, we have to give thanks to Jesus, who is our Lord and Savior. He is the reason why we breathe. He is the reason why we get up in the morning. He is the reason why we do what we do here on the show. He gives Dr. Moore all the words, the encouragement, and the things to say from the day of the Lord. He tells him exactly how it needs to be laid down. He paves the way so we can learn on Thursdays. And on Wednesdays, he gives him the strength and the courage to pray and take all your prayers, petitions, your conversations, testimonies, words of encouragement there above and beyond to the throne of grace. And our show comes on every Wednesday for prayer at 8 p.m. California time. That's a specific uh, daylight savings time zone, 8 p.m. until 9 p.m. And then on Thursdays, it is the Bible studies, and that takes place same time, 8 p.m. Pacific daylight savings time until 9 p.m. every Thursday for Learner's Lounge Thursday, and Wednesday's is Throne Room Wednesday. And now... For my part of the show, after we got all the housekeeping stuff out the way, it's time for Inspiration Thursday. As you know, every Wednesday and Thursday, I think of a topic, and I like to present to you my findings. I'm not the preacher. I'm not the teacher. I just like to inspire you. So I find topics biblical, and I like to share with you the knowledge that I found. Like this topic today I want to talk about is what is the renewing of the Holy Spirit. Now, in this, and I will give the Bible scriptures where it's found, because everything that I find, I have a Bible scripture with it, so you don't think I'm just coming up in my mind. It's actually biblical, factual information that if you read the Bible, you would see where I'm coming from, and you could understand where I'm coming from. So when we talk about renewing of the Holy Ghost, in Paul's epistle to Titus, he was talking to Titus in the third chapter, verses 4 through 7, he was relaying to Titus the change for the grace of God that God made through salvation. Now, in the fifth verse, he stated that God had saved us. He saved us by the washing of the regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Now, Titus 3, 4 through 7, this is what it states. But after that, the kindness and love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. That was the fifth verse. Which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. Verse 6. That being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. That was verse 7. So what is Paul referring when he says the renewing of the Holy Ghost? Now, plenty of commentaries that I've had a chance to look over, they have covered this topic so exceptionally well. 
Everybody wants to talk about what it means to have the renewal of the Holy Ghost. Now, the renewing of the Holy Ghost is believed to pertain to the work that the Holy Spirit does within us. The process is known as sanctification. This is the process of God's Spirit to working towards in us to help us to become more like him, or in other words, cleansing us from our sinful nature. It is the replacement of our own sinful nature with God's holy nature. It is enabling and achieving by the work of the Holy Spirit that is within us. Now, first, such are the sanctified, and they can remember a time when they were not sanctified. Once we, too, were foolish and disobedient, we were misled by others and became slaves to many wicked desires and, of course, the evil pleasures of the world. Our lives were full of evil and envy. We hated others as they hated us, too, but then God our Savior showed us his kindness and love. Now, the love that God showed us is called agape love. This is where he saved us, not because of the good things that we did like Mother Teresa, but because of his mercy, like we talked about last night, God's mercy is sufficient. Now, God, he washed away all of our sins on that cross. When he died on the cross, he took away all excuses. They were known to the cross. He took away all sins. He took away all foolishness. This is why in this day and age, we do have a right to the tree of life. God gives us a second chance to get it right. That's why when we are to repent of our sins, we have to do it wholeheartedly, like it talks about in Acts um, 2 and 4. Also, our church believes in the scripture, Acts 2 and 38. So when we talk about that, that is our guide, our road map to salvation. And then within that, we can be rejuvenated within the Holy Ghost, or some people say the Holy Spirit, because God promised us that he would never leave us nor forsake us. And when he ascended back into glory, he left us with a comforter, a keeper. That was the Holy Ghost. That is a comforter and a keeper. It keeps us sanctified. It keeps us at peace. It keeps us calm in the storm. It does everything that we need it to do. All we have to do is have the key word from last night, what I always mention when I'm here doing inspiration time, is faith, the grain of a mustard seed. That little mustard seed is so small, it will fit in the palm of a baby's hand, but that amount of faith is so minormous. It is so large. That amount of faith is so grand. Having that amount of faith, God can intercede, and he will make it better. Now, one of the um, commentators that I like a lot is Matthew Henry. He has a concise commentary on a lot of scriptures and topics in the Bible. And this particular scripture, Titus um, chapter 3, verses 3 through 7, he talks about the outward behavior of the Christian and how all of our good deeds are fine and dandy. But without the renewing of the Spirit, making changes to our own nature is worthless. Now, some of you may have heard in church, and some of you may not have been to church, to hear the statement, where we are born into sin. That is because in the Old Testament, all the sins that they did back then, when Jesus died on the cross to give us a second chance, we're still born into a sinful nature. But once we learn better, it's like they say, when you learn better, you do better. So once we learn and come into the knowledge of who Jesus really is, now we have a chance to do better, make better choices and decisions for our life. And let me just say this to you guys. You could be a great person your entire life. You could never make a mistake in man's world. 
You could never commit a crime, never break the law, never tell a lie. You, you could never do any of those things. But without repenting, even if you felt like you've never done anything wrong, without being Godfully sorry, truly repenting wholeheartedly, you still don't have a right to the tree of life if you don't make the steps to repent. That's talking to God, wholeheartedly repenting, and building an amazing relationship with him. You still don't have keys to his kingdom. You still can't enter into his kingdom, even though you've never made a mistake in your eyes and the eyes of man. Because the Bible does talk about be in the world, don't be of the world. So you live here, and it does talk about obeying the laws of the land. So, yes, we have to obey what physical laws are as far as being an upstanding citizen, but then also those laws that we have to obey as long as they don't coincide and deplete what God has asked of us to do. So if there's a law that totally demeans what God has called on you to do or asking of you to do, you want to follow what the Lord has asked or called upon you to do. So most pretend that they have that they would have heaven at last, yet they care not for holiness. This is still Matthew Henry's. This is his take on the scripture Titus, chapter three, verses three through seven. I'm just gonna break this down until the to Dr. Moore comes in. He'll be here in a few moments, then he'll be ready to give you the real Bible study lesson, but I hope I can be inspiring for you too. Now, when we talk about what Matthew Henry has to say, he's saying that there is an outward sign and seal thereof in baptism. Now, when we are to be baptized from what I've learned in church, we're baptized in only one name, and that is the name of Jesus. There is no other name but the name of Jesus. That's what I've learned in church, and that's where we get baptized. We don't get baptized in anything but the name of Jesus. And therefore, that is where we, we are getting the renewingness of life. Once you are saved, you are a new babe in Christ. You are taking baby steps to get to the Holy Ghost. That's what I've learned in church. Now, the verses often understood by commentators uh, referring to baptism, the washing of the regeneration, is believed to refer to the physical rite of baptism. Now, this is where I'm going to close. When you give your life to Christ, in our church, we, we call it opening the doors of the church. That means that after the preacher has given that amazing word, which I call spiritual food, and you've learned for that particular day, whatever day you're in church, and you're listening to the minister, and now you're jazzed up because the message was so good, and it fired up your spirit, and you were ready to be like, ooh, I like the message. Well, after you like the message, they do what they call opening the doors of the church. When you open the doors of the church, they're inviting you now if you don't have a relationship with Christ, to get a relationship with Christ. This is when they say if anybody is not saved and would like to be saved, some churches say it in that manner. Other churches use a different connotation. They say it. The wording is a little bit different. They invite you to come up and give your life to Christ. Now, in our church, FYI, we don't believe in the sinner's prayer as a way to say you're saved. We believe in you really, really, really being Godfully sorry, having that open relationship with him. And in our church, once you repent wholeheartedly for your sins and you believe God has saved you, we have ministers right there that will tarry with you. And when you say, well, what is tarrying? I don't know what that means. That means to wait upon God's gift. Well, what is his gift besides the gift of it's the Holy Ghost? That is the comforter and the keeper that he promised us. That way he wouldn't leave us nor forsake us. So to sum it all up, 
We basically tonight for inspiration Thursday talked about the renewing of the Holy Ghost. I gave you some insider information on Matthew Matthew Henry's concise commentary. I like what he has to say. So I would advise you guys, if you like anything that I talk about when it's inspiration time, get your Bibles, reread the scriptures, and learn for yourself like I do. It's okay to learn and have some knowledge base just like I do. And now it is time for the reason we're all here tonight so we can really learn, learn, learn in the lounge. The doctor is in. He will be teaching us what thus saith the Lord, what the Lord gave to him. He will present it to us. Ladies and gentlemen, the Honorable Dr. Bishop Austin Moore, thank you for listening to Inspiration Thursday. God bless everybody. God bless you in Radio Land tonight. This is the day the Lord has made. And he said, let us be glad and rejoice therein. Thank God for inspiration night from Sister Kitasha giving you her version of her understanding of what God has revealed unto her. And we pray, amen, each time we give the word of God, it will be a blessing to somebody. We know, amen, that everybody is not going to believe. But it's not, amen, it's not a responsibility is to give it. And whether you accept it or not, that's left up to you. But thank God, amen, for you tuning in and listening to us. Pray for us, amen. We are not up to date like we should be, but we are here in Jesus' name. Amen. It's to try to give you food for thought tonight that you can continue on your spiritual journey. We're traveling, saints. We're traveling. We're pilgrims and we're strangers. We're traveling through this barred land. We're traveling. We're going home. Earth is not our home. We're only here temporary. And amen, according to the word of God, it's gone, this earth is going to pass away with the permanent heat. So amen, the Bible teaches us, amen, what manner a person should you ought to be, amen, at that day and time when this disaster should come upon the land. You should be holy. You should be sanctified and set apart for the master's use. I'm going to try to bring to you tonight, amen, from the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 23 and 33. God bless you. We love to try to share the word of God with you. For the husband is the head of the wife even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wife be to their own husband in everything. Husband, Love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. That he might sanctify and cleanse it 
with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without a blemish. So ought man to love their wives and their their wives as their own body. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hateth his own flesh, but nourish and cherish it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bone. For this cause should a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave on uh leave his father and mother. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery which I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself. And the wife sees that she reverends her husband. Wretched in time verses amen from Ephesians chapter five twenty three through thirty three. I'm very sorry. Amen. God bless you. But tonight, amen, we are going to look take a quick peek into this scripture. And I tell you, it has a very deep, deep, deep spiritual meaning to it, where I would like to say many of us overlook. And we read the word of God, but sometimes we don't wait for the Lord to give us a true understanding. Or we don't seek him uh, to the place to get a true understanding. Now, when the word of God is teaching us tonight, the concept of loving our wives, amen, and loving Jesus uh, Jesus Christ. For the husband is the head of the wife. Even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. This scripture has some very important thoughts in it if we can listen very closely to this. When we say man head, we simply is saying providing for the husband, amen, 
uh, and Father should provide strong spiritually leadership and guidance in the home. If you're going to be a husband, you should be the first partaker of setting an example, amen, in your home. Obviously, amen, it almost turn around. It don't be the husband setting that strong example. It be the woman. But according to the word of God, it's a man going to declare himself as being the head, the provider, the protector. He should be the one, amen, that set that spiritual example to his entire family. Now listen, amen, very closely as we try to, amen, unravel some of this. Uh, the head, is a, it is a term, amen, which usually in a manner other than dealing with the physically item generate denotes leadership. When we talk about head, amen, we're talking about amen, something amen that deals further than amen, just your, uh, your, your physical part of, of you. Uh, headship is a very, I want to say, amen, important thing is to look into when we speak of amen, we are the head of our family. It was actually, amen, the life, it was actually, amen, the first uh, position on earth, amen, which man ever held within a relative short span of time following his own creation. Adam was quickly first into the role of a husband, operating, amen, hands of the Nothing was more, amen, than a, uh, nothing, amen, more than a, a deep sleep uh, that skilled, operated hands of the almighty bridge, amen, the chest between his single relationship with the divineness to his new relationship of a husband. God did something to Adam, amen, when he, amen, made him a husband, Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, it was a position, amen, with unnearness and entering into with no period experience quality or qualified for such role. But one gave by the creator himself. No unlikely like the role today. Adam was totally untrained for the new responsibility which laid ahead. It is vitally, man, important to remember that the title and position of a husband 
was not initially by man, but rather it was created and established by God. The miraculous amen making Eve use the removing real established amen what is yet known today as the home and a husband a wife relationship. This thing is tied together so closely and if we can understand and hear the word of the Lord, the head of the home, the head of the home, amen, is supposed to be the man, but the head of the church is Jesus Christ. Now, those are two separate individual things. One is earthly, and the other one is spiritually. So when you hear the word of God being spoken and saying amen, that the husband is the head of the wife, we're talking about earthly. We're not talking about spiritually. When God made Adam and Eve, they were separate individuals. God gave Adam his own mind, his own will, and when he made Eve, he gave Eve her own mind and her own will and her own soul and his own soul. Man is the head of the earthly body to a woman, but God is the head of the spiritually body of the church, both man, both male and female. So I want you to try to understand with me, man, as we see, amen, this close relationship. Uh, we don't take it out of the contents of where it's supposed to be, amen, when we say man is a head, amen, of the woman, that means, amen, man rules the woman in everything. That's not true. He rules the woman when it comes down to her earthly uh, authority, being a husband, being a protector, being a, a lover and a provider unto her. But when it comes down to the spiritual aspect, amen, that is the church, Jesus Christ himself, he rules that part. Man don't rule that part. Even though it has been said in our day and time, amen, man is believed that they rule that part. But if we read the scripture closely enough, we'll see, amen, that Jesus Christ rules, amen, the church. Well, therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, who? The church is subject unto Christ. Who is the church? The man? No. The church is the woman and the man. I want you all to get that. Amen. The church 
is the woman and the man. Wherefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wife be to their own husband in everything. Now, as a, as, 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 as the church is subject a man unto, unto Christ, let the woman be obedient. Let the woman, amen, be obedient to to their own husband. A woman is supposed to be uh, on earth, be obedient unto her husband. But that is not saying, amen, that the man has totally, fully control over that woman if she is a child of God because, amen, she belongs to the church in the body of Jesus Christ just as well as that man. Now, I know we got some hang-up on this, but if you want to, amen, fight anything, go back to where the God and let the Lord talk to your mind, amen. Yes, <laughs> beloved, let the wife love her husband in everything here on earth. She should be subject unto her husband. That is, again, if he is a husband unto his wife. Amen. Everything we normally say that wears a pair of pants is not a husband unto their wives. They put on the title, but they, amen, deny the responsibility of being a real husband. You can't treat a woman any kind of way and expect for her to love you and show her and show you all the good points that she has within her life for you if you're treating her bad. Everything it is that you're telling her what to do and don't allow her intelligent mind that God gave her is to be used, you are blocking your relationship. Because when we come to Jesus Christ, when we come to Jesus, we are no more twain we are no more two aspects, but we are one. We are one in Jesus Christ. A man will leave his mother and his father and cleave unto his wife. They are one. Jesus said in the St. John, amen, Father, make them one as we are one. You're talking about the oneness of the Lord, amen. It is right in our uh, 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 right before us, amen, in our marriage life, when, amen, we talk about the body of Jesus Christ. Therefore, as a church, uh, uh, the husband, love your own wife. There used to be a time, amen, when we could say that, amen, that the husband should love their own wife. But then it got to the point now, amen, they're trying to love their wife and, and somebody else's wife. That's a misjudgment. You don't even love yourself when you cross that kind of line. Oh, we don't want to admit it today, amen, but that's the way the world is today. But the Bible says, uh, husband, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church. Now, Jesus Christ ain't never ran off. Amen. And left the church. 
He never put the church behind him. Like some of us, amen, husband do. We put the wife behind us, amen. We don't want the wife to be in front. But carry on, amen, our business. We put her behind, amen. But Christ don't put us behind him. He loved the church. When I say church, I'm talking about male and female. That is the church. Uh, love, husband, love your wife, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Now, Jesus proved to us he loved the church. He gave himself for it. You say, oh, Lord, Bishop, he gave himself for the men. No, he didn't say that. He said he gave himself for the church. Woman, woman, and man, he gave himself for us. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus Christ died both for man and woman. Christ is the head of the church. Man is the head of the woman, earthly and spiritually. that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, amen. This thing got to be, amen, cleansed. It got to be sanctified. That means, amen, set apart from everything else. Amen. It got to be washed, be clean. It with the washing of the water by the word. The water, the word of God, amen, has to clean both man and woman. If you want to be clean, amen, the only thing can clean you and purify you, sanctify you, make you holy, amen, and clean, that is the word of God. The word will wash you. The word will wash your sins away. No matter what you have done, amen, the word will wash your sins away. Consistent, amen, faithfulness. Uh, this subheading would appear, amen, as first glean to be a but not so faithfulness in the framework of a marriage. Sitting is usually understood to deal with moral wholesomeness and pureness within those holy bones. Genesis 2 and 24 uh, four relation says that, Wherefore God, wherefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cling unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Why is that so important? Amen. He's going to leave his father and mother. Amen. But he's going to plead to his wife because they come to be one energy in Christ Jesus. You won't hurt your own body, man, so why would you hurt your, your wife? 
If you're going to be the head of that woman, amen, you protect her, amen, in health, in sickness, in trouble, no matter what she's going through, it, you made a vow. You made a commitment, amen, that you would honor her. You respect her. We done got so loose in the world today. It is a shame sometimes what I, I've experienced to see women have to take in order just to be with their man. How strange that this verse was inspired at this early time is a human history. Neither Adam nor Eve had an earthly father and mother by the same token. There was no other man or woman to have attracted the attention of each of them. God was accepting his divine pattern for relationship. Home from the outside, the outset of husband and wife relationship. A man was to break the tide of depending upon the parents and transfer his deepest affection to the wife. When you say, "Amen," I'm a, uh, you take this, "Amen," woman to be thy wedded wife. Amen. You are now is the provider for that woman. You it's your responsibility. Now is to take care of her. If you didn't want her, you should leave her. You should leave her where she's at. Don't, Amen, go and. Take her and then mess her life up. Because there is something you can't adjust to, amen, in her life. Whatever God has put together, let no man put asunder. If God don't put it together, man don't have no right to bring separation to it. But we don't lay the law of God down now. We don't we don't abide by the word of God no more. If we want a divorce now. All we have to do, amen, is bring up some certain things, amen, and we can get a divorce, but it was not so in God's time. Uh, amen. God, God, amen. I know he says something to Moses to give a a a a a a, a, a written Deal of divorcing. But amen. God says in the beginning, it was not so. Life, living in joy, joyful with the, with the wife who thou lovest all the days of thy life. Uh, the vanity. He says, I said, amen, nine and nine. 
living enjoyment with thy wife, whom thou lovest all the days of thy life of thy vanity. Amen. The, uh, the preacher said, under the sun, all that we've done down here, under the sun, it's just vanity. It's just vanity. It's not a man made out to be what we thought it was. But a man, God instructed us, a man is to stay with that woman, uh, uh, instructed us to stay with that man until death do us part. I'm having a little t- uh, blurry time reading tonight. Amen. My lighting is not so clear. So you just bear with me. I'm very sorry. To be consistent is too often. Though to be monotonous, but it does not have to be when a husband and a father is consistent. He created for his own a very real sense of security and safety. With these elements present in the home, he indeed commands the respect rightfully due. Amen is the head of the house. Amen. When he done went out and worked and provided everything, amen, for the family. And all their wife have to do is basically take care, amen, the things that he had went out and provided. But then, amen, yes, he have a right for her to, she ought to give him that kind of respect, amen, that uh, you don't want to went out and work. You don't want to went out and killed the ground. And you don't want to bring the money in. I give you that respect and I give you that honor. Amen, that you are the head of the wife. But remember what I just said now. He's the head of the body. He's not the head of the soul. When the Lord speaks to you individually, you have a right, amen, is to reply not to your husband and ask your husband, uh, can I do this or do that? Uh-uh, when the Lord himself speaks to you, woman, you are part of the body of Jesus Christ as well as a man is part, amen, uh, of the body of Jesus Christ. So therefore, amen, we want to say unto you, amen, uh, the scripture is teaching, so ought a man to love They are wise as their own body. Now, amen, you know, if you love, amen, your, 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 your wife as your own body, you're not going to do anything is to injure your body. You love your own body. Matter of fact, you think your body is something. Well, if you think your body is something, amen, you ought to think about your wife. How important is your wife is to you? Well, you know, God bless she going to sleep now, but my wife, amen, uh, I, we was united together for 57 years. And I tell you, amen, my wife was very, very important to me. 
we we got along, amen, like we had just a strong relationship, amen, together. Yes, I knew I was a man, and I I did my part of providing, amen, and she knows she was a woman, amen, and she did her part of providing. But, amen, there came a time we wanted to have a little bit more in life. And we both shared the responsibility, amen, of what it would take to get more in life. I wasn't jealous of my wife because, amen, she was bringing money in like I was bringing money in, or she was bringing sometimes more money in than I was. I was not jealous of that. I love my wife. So is that you ought to love your wife as Christ loved the church. Beloved, this is just a, a little highlight tonight that Dr. Moore is trying to bring to you. Amen. Uh, on uh, the husband and father to provide a strong spiritually relationship and guidance in the home. I wish I could see that today more. Amen. As uh, we travel in this land, to see a man, a man step up and really be a man. A woman cherishes a strong man. She wants a strong man. We know someone lost that sense. Amen. We say we love Jesus. But if you, you, if you love Jesus, you're going to love your wife. He went on down a little bit further to say love and honor. You got to love and you got to honor. Love and honor are but two of the action of most often includes in the marriage. Love and honor, that's amen, that's a marriage vow. I'm going to love my wife and I'm going to love my husband. I'm going to honor my wife and I'm going to honor my husband. You made that vow. There are so many young women today who are struggling by themselves. What can happen to that vow? What can happen to that marriage? Got children. Amen. Two and three, sometimes five children. Amen. But the husband is not there. Somewhere that that love and honor was not there is to, amen, hold that relationship together. But he letting us know, amen, love and honor are but two of the acts of promise do you promise to love, honor, and cherish? That's what you say, amen, when you, amen, get ready to be married. And we stand up there, amen, and say, yes, I do. All you were doing at that time, amen, was getting ready to, amen, is want to marry that girl. You know, amen, many times you didn't mean it at all. But you know, you was before God. You told God that you you were going to love and you were going to honor your wife. 
And it versifies, amen, why told the law? You told the law, you will honor your husband. But sometimes it didn't, amen, turn out to be like that. We tell Jesus, Lord, I'm going to honor you. I'm going to respect you. And down through the line, amen, what do we do? We dishonor him. We're not faithful unto him. He's always faithful to us. He said, I'll never leave you. Neither will I forsake you. Lord, I'll be with you even unto the end of the world. He's always faithful to us, but we are not always faithful to him. In sickness and in health, so long as you both shall live, and respond to this, the person being united generally responds, I do. I do. You're taking on responsibility now, amen. Hallelujah. That you didn't know how long, amen, you were going to be together with that man or that woman. But you said no matter what condition they would be in, I'll be right there. I won't put her in a rest home. Amen. I'm going to take care of my wife. But look what we have done today. As I say amen to you, Christ is the head of the church. Man is the head of the woman. I will pick this up, amen, on another time. Thank God for your listening to me tonight. God gave a man a mind and God gave a woman a mind. I want you to remember this if you don't remember nothing else. Man is for the body of the woman. Jesus Christ is for the body of the church. God bless you. Amen. And ready your land. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.